But yeah, so uh, just to recap, we met last time and uh, went over to Orangeburg and uh, met with Amber. Okay. And yeah. Mike said he knew you. Yeah. yeah. Mike, the security guy. The security guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's really the one that knows knows the place. I mean, he, he knew, does. He had the keys and took me to see everything. So yeah, Amber's the kind of she's a practice administrator, or was she's getting ready to change positions. She's about to have a baby. Yep. <laughs> yep. So uh, yeah, she she was. So Mike is really you know he's on top of things. Yeah, and it was interesting because it was. It, it, they were telling me that the facility was added on recently, so it's yeah. not like it's been there for 50 years. It's pretty much a newer building. Right. Um, right. So I just have a quick little, uh, you know, I've got some objectives that we talked about last time. I want to clarify okay. those. I've got some photos that I call a, a photographic study, if you will, of the building. And, okay. Um, the financial assessment piece there, all I've really got right now is the power bills, but I've got some numbers to show you that I put in there as placeholders okay. th that I think will help show where I'm coming from. And then recommendation, I do have a recommendation for that building. And then co-authoring the scope, um, like I talked about in the last time we got together, this is really where we, I'm not bringing an agreement right now. This is where we just make sure that I'm verifying what I saw is what you want. And, and if it makes sense, we can, determine the next steps but uh, so the objectives there are really four things that I got out of last meetings the first thing was to shore up all the existing HVAC systems and um, the second one was to maximize so maximize the patient the physician the staff experience make sure that the overall comfort and air quality is is maximized reduce the utility and owning and operating costs I know you mentioned how there was a large loss if the humidity goes high on the right. pharmacies. So I put that in there as a key objective, make sure we're keeping that top of mind. And then you've got a brand new facility there trying to extend that equipment life to get the most years out of it. Again, that's called the capital avoidance piece is really trying to avoid having to outlay more capital. We could just maintain it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. If you remember this from our last meeting this is the eight buckets of of costs that are involved with owning and operating the building and i've got this filled out for you based on what i i gathered and i'm going to share that with you toward the end here so the three different programs that i want to talk about that we always offer are what we call the full coverage program um, a customized program and then this is what we call a, a c3 it's a it, it's a real basic test and inspect but and, and I've got pricing I always like to get the pricing out of the way just I feel like get it out and open so we can talk about it this is what I call a one-page proposal here I got a copy just um, so it, it's got a little bit of our history at the top you know I, I all this started because I spoke to David Ellis I, do you know David I, I do not Okay. Uh, David retired and he said, this sounds great, Matt, but you need to talk to Gary. Yeah. <laughs> and so he, he gave me Gary's phone number and I talked to Gary and, and Gary r received my letter and, and said, you need to talk to Buck, which is you. <laughs> we got together on the 7th and we talked about how to uh, just coming up with a strategy for uh, m 
more of a proactive approach. Then on the 14th, we did that assessment with Mike and Amber. Mm -hmm. okay. So the three different options down here, this full coverage program is what we're known for. This is what I mentioned we're a part of a, a franchise that is totally different than everybody else. And that franchise it allows us to provide what we call a full coverage program where when that compressor goes out, when that motor goes out, it's under, it's on us. And that's a totally different model than what most, most people are used to, which is that low retainer. And then they make their money on the back end when things break. Sure. More of a reactive approach. Uh, so this full coverage program, you know, you've got nine split systems over there. And with a split, you've got a condenser outside and you've got the air handler up in the attic. And then you've got two mini splits for the server room and the electrical room. But the full coverage program, if you look here, I think this is a neat way of looking at it. You know, it, it covers coming by once a quarter for a test and inspect. Um, we're going to actually physically test each piece of equipment, make sure that everything's running correctly. The preventative maintenance, labor and expense, that's actually cleaning the coils, um, changing the uh, belts once a year, aligning the belts, laser aligning the belts. The components, parts and supplies, repairs and replace labor and trouble calls. So there won't be any more expenses past this full coverage monthly amount. So basically for $1,327, your budget will be a straight line item. <clears throat> there won't be any, if Amber has a service call, if the pharmacy's hot or if there's any kind of service call, something breaks, we're out there right away and it's on us. Um, the second program that we like to talk to you about is this better option. Um, basically what that is is where we come out once a quarter and do the test and inspect, change the filters. We do the, the same cleaning, the same preventative maintenance, but as, as things break and as there are service calls that happen, we simply would provide a quote for that and, and do that as needed. Okay. Uh, right. Sometimes when you have brand new equipment, these these two make more sense because there's not a lot of things breaking and if it's brand new things are under warranty still so there's not a lot of sure. risk on the customer yeah uh, and then this last program is simply where we come by once a quarter change the filters test and inspect everything and as things need to be cleaned we'll say hey buck uh, this, these coils are getting to where they need to be cleaned you'll say how much is that going to cost me we provide a quote and move on down the road. So uh, three different programs. I like to get that out of the way so we can sure. talk about this because I do have some great photos I want to show you that will really help all this make sense. Uh, I did the building scorecard for you uh, because you had those power bills sitting behind your desk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what I found based on the square footage that we found off of Google uh, and comparing it to other medical facilities that this building really is in the red, okay? Uh, you're paying 39 cents a square foot, and it, it, it probably could, should definitely be closer to 16 cents a square foot instead of the 39 cent. The median for all other m medical facilities like yours with this square foot is more around 16 cents. Yes, sir. So I know that you're spending $1,400 on HVAC for this little building and if we were to based on my photos from the assessment I'm estimating that we can actually save you 30% of that energy based on the coils and 
filter changes that need to be done, which I'll explain a little bit more. But this just, just kind of helps to put a number to it. Okay, what are we spending? How does it look compared to other facilities that are the same size? And then of that whole power bill, how much of it's HVAC and how much can we save if we do it right? Right. So, so this is, when I walked up, I started around the right side and all of the units, I don't know if you know this or not, but all the units are in these cages. Yeah. Yep. Apparently they had some theft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not the most protected area out there. It's kind of. I think Mike said twice they were yeah. gone, like taken, stripped. I don't know if they were stripped or the whole thing was taken out, taken out but that's twice. So they got these locks. Mike thought he had a key, but he didn't. Um, so I didn't really get in to look at the electrical systems of them. But uh, I did want to share about, you know, when it comes time to preventative maintenance, we need to remove these in order to really get in there and do that. So okay. uh, just wanted you to be aware of that there's, there's a little bit of labor in there for doing that because it, if you have any other company come by and quote this are they really cleaning it if they're not taking these off to get in there <laughs> are they just yeah, yep, look good you know yeah, so yeah. Uh, I found this um, all this says is coils are dirty and need to be cleaned the dirty coils reduce the heat transfer and will cause an increase in energy consumption dirty coils are also can also damage the equipment and lead to caustic compressor failures the coils are cleaned during the preventative maintenance. You can see that there's residue starting to form on the on on the coils, and this is a true sign that they haven't been cleaned in a while. Um, so I I call these workmanship issues. I don't know what else to call them, but uh, there were some pipe breaks up there where they just left the pieces, and it looked like there's trash um, from the construction. Doesn't seem like a big issue. There's an electrical conduit piece, but those dirty pans will restrict the drain lines, causing the water to overflow into the space. Uh, so those are up in the attic. Um, you have to go up little stairs. And if it's not careful, these are kind of backup. They're secondary pans, but if those are clogged and filled with trash, that needs to be cleaned up. Uh, this. On this secondary drain pan, the this valve was open. Okay. So that tells me that, and, and this pipe was disconnected. So what I think they meant to do was connect this to that, but they didn't do it. So it's left it's left open. Uh, they might have been in a hurry getting out of there and and just didn't do it. But but that being open, when the summertime comes, if that this is like your last defense before property damage. So this is in the attic? Yes, sir. Okay. Right above the pharmacy. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> but the secondary drain pan line was left open and the piping was not completed. This could cause property damage in the event of a backup or a cloggage in the condensate drain lines. Uh, so I, I was very doubtful that the units were, were commissioned. So normally once a building's built and all the equipment's installed, the the designer wants to know that it was built correctly and so they'll do what they call commissioning and that's where they go around and test all the vents and make sure that it's putting out the cfms that it's supposed right. to put out um, i had a school cardinal newman's school up in 
uh, I don't know if, you, I don't know if you've heard of them. Or I've not. heard of it, yeah. It's a Catholic private school. Um, they had 93 rooftop units, but there were several signs like that that it wasn't commissioned after it was installed. They were in a hurry to get school started and get kids in there. That they, I don't know if they bypassed it or the architect didn't do it or what, but it's a, it's a critical piece to make sure it's working correctly. Um, and Amber shared that the gas to the furnaces, so you've got these furnaces with a little gas valve that the gas was turned off. So during the last cold spell, she said they had to call an emergency service line to, to get somebody out there to get the heat working. And then these are what the filters look like. So by seeing that and seeing that the gas was not turned on, it's, it's kind of putting clues together that maybe the whole system you know, needs to be looked at from a commissioning standpoint. And it might be still under warranty that you could say, come out and look yeah, at this. Could be, yeah. We pulled the filters out. Um, they really need to be replaced. Uh, it, it's hard to show dust on a filter sometimes, but I thought this was a good photo. Uh, obviously, the dirty filters restrict the airflow, causing the dirty coils. And uh, once it freezes up, it could cause water damage or, or compressor failure. But this is obviously changed out on a quarterly basis. Uh, this one was in wrong way here. It was supposed to be going this way. But you can see there, when we looked inside the unit, uh, it's just going the wrong way. This is a better picture here. The air is supposed to be coming in from the outside and coming in from the return, and that air is going that way, so it's, it's backwards. But minor detail, but it does affect the flow Right. So if there are any spots that are in the, in, the, in the office that are hot spots or cold spots, that, that could very well be because of the flow of the filter and the air. I just wanted you to see, this is again directly above the pharmacy, I wanted you to see that the condensate drain lines need to be blown out. So these are the condensate drain lines that go into that drain there, which is great. I'm nothing wrong there. It's just before the cooling season, we normally have a little CO2 cartridge that we put in there and and blow out the line just to make sure there's no roaches or rats or anything that get in there and make a clog. Uh, that needs to be done because you don't want that to overflow. More signs of the filters here. So this is the electrical room. That was Mike showing me in the electrical yeah. room. I, I was just doing that to <laughs> get your bearings on where we are here. Uh, big data center. Uh, you've got a mini split there. So I asked him, is this, this is blowing out heat basically. In, in the wintertime, this is blowing heat and this is blowing cool. So that's an energy savings there. It, this is probably just tied in with the rest of the system. And I'm afraid we're, it's blowing heat right on top of the server. Uh, so my suggestion would be we put a damper in there, shut it off. Uh, and only isolate this electrical room so that that's just working. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, th there's already property damage under that unit due to condensation drain lines not being cleaned out regularly. If you, so this if you is go up back under right there. there. Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, Mike okay. said they had recently overflowed and run down the wall. So uh, that's just a picture of all that's generating a lot of heat. Um, that, and I, I saw here too, this is open 
So what's probably happening is the heat from the from the attic is coming down in there as well. Might look at that. That, that, that would help the building performance as well if, to try to tighten that up some. When we went back in here, he showed me this electrical room and he said, man, it's really hot in here. And all there is is a little bathroom fan, uh, but there's a lot of server space. That's kind of an overview of this room. His suggestion was, he's like, I told him they need to cut a vent right here, you know, to let air in, but there's no way for air to get in and air to get out. So when we opened that door, it was about 90 degrees. Wow. It, it hit you in the face. Uh, and that little bathroom fan wasn't running, so I don't know where that switch is. Uh, my suggestion would be once, once we get all the other systems shored up and everything's running correctly, we look at a, a little mini split that's what we call the cassette. It's like what's in the conference room there. It's just recessed in one of the ceiling tiles okay. because there's not a lot of room on the wall. Right. There is no room on the wall. And, and that's one thing Mike pointed out is there's nowhere to put a unit. So my suggestion would be in one of those ceiling tiles, we look at putting a little mini split because it was hot, real hot. And then this is on the, if you're looking at the building on the left side, all these units are nice and neat lined up, which is great. Uh, the filters were pretty caked. Yeah. Uh, and then this is the conference room. So I, I call this the executive conference room because I don't think clients use it. And these folks were in here. It looked pretty important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, they were on a call, so I didn't, I, I didn't disrupt them. But this is the unit I'm talking about. This is called a cassette. They're pretty important. <laughs> They're pretty important people. Yeah. Uh, very nice folks, but uh, my point is this: this unit, this mini split, only works this 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 room here. So it's a critical, and it's not in a, in a cage. You might consider putting it in a cage, um, and I'm happy to share these with you. I'm not. You, you, well, them, but yeah, I, I would like to have them. If you, sure, I, I think but, that would help me. Of course, so. absolutely. That's, that's what I'm here for. But so these are the three different programs that we mentioned. Um, this is just another visual to show that with the full coverage program, everything's covered. <coughs> with the middle program, we're going to clean everything like it's supposed to be, and we're going to test everything and change the filters once a quarter. But as as things need to be repaired and replaced, or there's service calls. That's covered under you guys. Right. It, okay. it, it's really a matter of risk, you know, which is which is higher risk that you guys want. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I like to provide options that oh, yeah. we can talk well, about because sometimes it's better one way or the other depending on your situation. Yeah, and you know, risk versus reward. I mean, that's about what it is. I mean, and I also wanted to show this to you because I know you mentioned some of your other facilities like uh, you know, Bethune and Irby and Manning. They might be older and they might have older units. Yeah, so there well, might some be, of them definitely are. Okay. Uh, I, mean, I, like I, I figured all of them weren't as new as this. <laughs> uh, Hemingway is pretty, pretty dated. Okay. Uh, really? Uh, yeah. And one of them you said y'all retrofit in the hotel, I believe. Or yeah. that's a new construction. That's right over okay. here. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So, even more reason to provide, you know, various options. I've got a church where we just installed a big system in a church, uh, Village Church in Columbia, and 
it made sense for them to go with this basic program because we just installed it. It doesn't need to be cleaned in the next 12 months probably. Right, right. Those coils aren't dirty <coughs> and, and, and the belts are aligned. They're still under warranty and everything. So it's just a matter of different risk. Okay, so this is what I filled in to the best of my ability, the numbers, okay? This is what we're proposing and this is what I believe you're currently doing or, or should be doing. From a equipment replacement cost, uh, the way this breaks out is we took the total tons, so you've got 28 tons of cooling, okay? And we know that if you were to go out and replace all that tomorrow, it's gonna cost you about $4,500 a ton to, to replace that everything's two years old based on the serial number it's two years old ASHRAE says that we've got 15 years of life at, out of those units so that's taking that number divided by the 13, <coughs> 13 years you've got left that's where the 7700 comes from it, it, it's saying okay you guys probably should squirrel away about $7,700 a, a, a year so that when 13 years yeah yeah, sure. I think it's the pollen book. Yeah. I I've had just been stopped up with the pollen, but it's good. I, I like it. I like to work outside. Um, and, and I'm happy to go as slow or, you know, and explain this and show you my spreadsheet where this came from. But I took the total tons times what it would cost today if you were to go out and have to replace everything, replacement cost and divided it by how many years you've got left, which is 13 years, and that's where I came up with this 7,000 number. What I'm saying here is if we do proper preventative maintenance, I can extend that out and push pause on having to replace them for at least five more years. So that 15-year that life expectancy gets divided into five more years, so that's where that 20... Uh, okay. So instead of having to squirrel away 7,700 7, a, a year, with our program, we recommend that you'd only have to squirrel away about 1500 On the energy costs, on HVAC, you're spending $1,800 a year on HVAC costs. I'm estimating that we could save that $429 that we talked about, that 30%, by really doing it the right way. Um, so that would mean you'd only spend about 1400 on energy. Contracted services, so the suggestion here, if, <coughs> if we don't have cost, um, is to take 8% of the national average is 8% of what the total system costs. So you guys, I know you don't have anything in place right now. A Amber said there's no preventative maintenance program in place right now. No. Uh, so 
really the only place we have anything is, is here at the RV. Okay. Yeah. So basically, you're you're grossly underserved over there, um, which is you should be spending about ten grand on maintenance over there, from whether it's us or anybody else. That's national sure. averages based on the equipment that you've got. Uh, you, you don't have a big parts closet. You don't have an in-house staff guy except Mike, but I'm not going to count him. <laughs> yeah. Administrative costs, that's simply you and Mike and Amber at $100 a, a call to have to deal with invoices and, and make service calls. I just put a number in there. The lost productivity, so this is a tough one for you guys. It's easy in a facility that's a manufacturing I, I know what happens when a cooling tower goes down and they can't produce. I can get a dollar amount for that, but it's hard to do lost productivity. So all I did here was I said, let's just discuss the value of the pharmacy loss, you know, the humidity being off or losing a doctor or losing a patient based on comfort. They walk in one day, they're hot, they're sitting in the lobby, they're tired, but they don't come back. I don't know what that cost you guys, but so, so I didn't put a number there major repairs and service calls so this is estimated at three percent of national average says three percent of what your system's worth every year you're going to have service calls that, that's probably what you should have been spending or if you haven't spent it you're about to spend it this coming year on service calls so when we put our our best program in here we still come out about fifty five hundred dollars ahead um, when we are just looking at the best coverage, the best program. I mentioned we have a process because of our franchise, we've got a process. You know, that whole, the concept meeting is what we had last time. The assessment, we did that. We did some financial numbers. The uh, verification meeting is where we're at now. This uh, solution, you know, that's really going to look at Okay, if this makes sense, I know you mentioned that you guys have to bid it because you're a nonprofit. Yeah, uh, right. And if you know above a certain dollar amount. Okay. Right. Is that like a ten thousand dollar number? That's thirty five hundred. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I know that at, at the uh, Richland District Five, we just signed up all the schools over there at Dutch Fork, Irmo, and they have a ten thousand dollar number that if the repairs more than ten thousand, they got to bid it out. So. Or get three quotes. You know. Yeah, ours is thirty five hundred. So I don't know where the difference, different numbers uh, come in. That's all right. It, yeah. It's I'm not worried about it. I, I just, you know, at this point, I want to just open it up and ask if there are any questions. If you, if you have any thoughts on if this makes sense, if one of them, well, you, I, you're leaning toward one or the other, or if all the stars aligned. <laughs> well, you know, um, I'm not sure what, I mean, I know, certainly, you know, I may have a preference, you know, as you go through our uh, contract approval process, sure. uh, you know, with finance and different people look at that, you know, they may take my opinion into consideration, may not, <laughs> uh, you know, I have, I have the way I like to do things, and of course, you know, a lot of times they're just about numbers. But you know, my job is to convince them otherwise that maybe um, you know it's 
need to go to the best, better, you know, versus the good, you know. Uh, when you guys do the, the bid process, I know you said you started in August, is that right? Yeah. August. Right. Have, have you been through one of those processes? It, is it strictly the bottom dollar? No, it, no. Now, you know, when, again, when I was with the state, you know, that was pretty much it. Bottom dollar, low bid, that's what we're going to do. You know, that's what it was. It is what it is. But here we have a little more flexibility sure. on, um, you know, if we've had some experience with somebody or uh, just you know, whatever we can use, uh, quality of service, you know, response time. Right. If it takes somebody, well, we'll be there in three days, you know, versus three hours. Right. We can take all that into consideration. So, so, so that's a good thing. And most of my experience here so far has been pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, good. I think they've uh, listened and uh, we just went through some landscaping stuff, and, and they took my suggestions on it, which I which I felt like they should. But you know, uh, that's <laughs> well, a win. <laughs> point for book. That, that's a that's a check mark, I guess. But um, nice. So now you know landscaping and stuff is very important. Our CEO and stuff. So uh, that didn't hurt any. Right. But but again, you know, I. We don't necessarily just cause it's, uh, we just want to go with whatever's lowest down here. That's what we want to go with. Right. Uh, you know, that's why I would like to get a copy of this if I could. Sure. Because I can use that uh, as we move forward. I know last time we talked about the RFP process and I, I did, I shared with you that I have some verbiage that I would, I'd like to share with you um, that I think would help you when it comes time to bid this out. Um, this is just something I put together with our team that we, we've been a part of multiple bids with the school districts and all that has to be bid. Sure, and so yeah, we, yeah. we like their language so much <laughs> that we incorporated it into something that I, I believe it's a tool that you could use, take it or leave it. You can take parts of it. You can, and I'm happy to send this to you. And, um, if you would, just, it's, it's pretty confidential, if you don't mind not sharing, oh, sure. it, sharing it with the world, I would appreciate it. Sure, yeah. But basically, you know, before we get too much in this, you, you remember last time I talked to you about, uh, or shared with you about how we're doing a lot with predictive maintenance? Yeah, right. And how we're able to tell if that motor's not acting right compared to last month, if it's, if it's heating up more than it was last month, we know that something's going on with it. That the whole virtual PM is something that we're definitely working with. It's not appropriate. It's not a fit for Orangeburg. It's too small. It those nine split systems, they don't need it. But a building like this, or a building that you might have that's a larger, like that hotel, probably would. I, I'm I think might qualify. Uh, there are a couple things. If it's fifty thousand square feet or larger, that that's an ideal. Fifty thousand. <clears throat> You're about ten thousand over there in Orangeburg. Yeah, right. I, I'm pretty sure this is fifty thousand here. Yeah, I just I, I forgot the number on it, but yeah, it was it was more than that. I'm trying to remember. But I I wanted to uh, share with you after I went over there. It it doesn't make sense over there to take that model. It's it, it's too simple. But when you start to get more complex units, 
more critical spaces like the CEO's office and places like that, right, right. <laughs> where it's it's critical. That's where we would use a lot of this verbiage for predictive maintenance. That's where it starts to make sense. Um, so just the very beginning, this letter is your invitation to submit a bid for labor materials equipment to provide predictive HVAC maintenance and sustainability monitoring. Um, and, and really, if, if we go to the second page here, this whole section, like section eight, I highlighted it because we can remove that for Orangeburg, but I wanted to leave it in here for this building or any other building right. that might be large enough that it may make sense. Uh, if, you flip, if you flip to the third page here, you can see at the top, this RFP outlines the bidding for predictive HVAC services, remote monitoring, sustainability monitoring services to assist in reducing energy waste. So energy waste is another way of saving, saving you guys a lot of money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, right, right. Uh, it, it talks a lot about here the vendor qualifications. So what I'm trying to do, Buck, is get you that, so that you don't get put in a corner with a person that's not financially secure enough to back their services and, right. and, and goes out of business if there's a problem. Um, it, it lays out like this subcontractor identification. There's been uh, jobs where we've gone on where if they'll they'll sub out half the job to another company mm -hmm. you know like a smaller company right i know in the airport uh, that was the situation they they put this wording in there because they didn't want if we gave you the bid we want you to do the bid and not sub it out to somebody else sure. you know, that, right. that's a critical piece of it um, this contractor requirements so number two i think is critical contractor must maintain i'm on page five uh, page five, number two. Contractor must maintain a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, 365 emergency service line. A lot of small folks don't have that. Uh, we have somebody that picks up the phone and calls you back even at two in the morning. Uh, to be on site within two hours of an emergency, that's critical. Scope of work. So this is where it outlines, Buck, all the details for full service. What does it mean to test and inspect? What does it mean for preventative maintenance? A lot of times people are vague about that. We'd like to be very clear, this is what preventative maintenance means. So there's no, okay. <laughs> you know, right. does that mean you clean the coal or does that mean you not clean the coal? You know, what does that mean? It, it, it can be very um, vague. Repair and replace, it, it talks about that. Trouble calls, what that means. If you go to page eight, this is really where the rubber hits the road on, on page eight. This little chart, at the top where it says year one, year two, year three. When we get into larger contracts like the school district where we just won and the airport, they're looking at a three-year contract. So they don't have to do this every year. <laughs> and uh, full service contract, what's it look like year one? We also provide the option for the limited service, which is this right here, this better program. So we're basically getting them to list this one and this one we're not offering this one because that doesn't really do any cleaning. That's that's just filter, that's just, filter changes and checking everything once a quarter. Right, yeah. That's right. But, and then the third line there, remote monitoring, that's where people list out what their cost per year is to add on uh, the remote monitoring costs. And then services team, I think it's very important to for 
for people to disclose, okay, who, who, who's, got, who, who's actually in charge here when we get this bid? Who's the service manager? Who's the general manager? Where does the buck stop <laughs> when there's a problem? And then if you go on to, uh, back, you know, the bottom of page eight is where you guys fill in where they're supposed to turn in the bid, where they're supposed to seal it up and turn it in. So I, I know it's a lot to read, and I don't want to read it all with you. We don't have time for that today. But I, I'd like to, if you promise to keep it between us and your oh, bosses, yeah. you know, sure. Uh, yeah, I think it'll really help you. Oh yeah, I, I like that. That's that's nice. Um, but yeah, no, I, I won't share it. Last thing he wants to to think you did a good thing by signing up somebody, and then six months in, it's it's August. It's 100 degrees. The pharmacy's calling. <laughs> you got people upset, and, and you're in a, you know up the creek. But this is your equipment list for Orangeburg. Okay, so part of our system, I, I mentioned, the way we come up with pricing is not one of these shotgun off the hip. We put the model numbers in there. We put the serial numbers in there, and it spits out a price. Um, you can tell all, all the motor sizes. All those things are the components that are covered under the full coverage program. Okay. It, uh, we put in there the year, the make and model, so it, it knows how many labor hours we should spend. If it's a newer piece of equipment, it's got less labor hours than it is if it's a 15-year old piece of equipment. I don't know that you have that already, but... We don't. Okay. No, no, we don't. Uh, we're trying to get it. Uh, we're getting some new software. Hopefully, it's, I mean, it's going through our approval process now. That we're going to be able to input all this stuff into right now. We don't have. Anywhere. I think you mentioned that you're getting a building management yeah. software. That's, yeah, that's fantastic. And I'm sure this is a piece of that. <laughs> this you got everything in the building management software, probably the water. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it, it, landscaping, it, it lighting, everything. Yeah. But, but certainly, this will be a, a large component of it. Well, it's, it it really is critical in a. Medical office, I'm finding. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And uh, just lastly, this is this is what we're doing with the larger facilities like this building. And, and, and my intention is to kind of use this as an example, the Orangeburg facility as an example of what we're doing. Sure. And then if it makes sense. You say, "Hey, Matt, let's look at this building, or let's look at the one over in Manning, or let's you know, let's look at the next best building." But this is a, a blown-up visual of what we're doing with um, what we call dynamic, and that's all of the predictive maintenance work that we're doing. It, it's a lot to go over, but I, I thought this was a great visual just to try to show you. If you look at the bottom there, within the first six months of of signing up with the preventative maintenance agreement, what we're doing is we did the building scorecard. That's we already did that. Mm -hmm. The savings tracker, so on a large building like this, we talked to your utility. Do you know if it's Duke here? Or if it's... Right. Here is uh, Duke here. Duke, yeah. I, I figured. They all, they're always in the heart of a city. Yeah. Um, so what we do with Duke is we would uh, work with them and basically we tap into your electric usage and they share with us on a monthly basis your actual usage and so we can track the savings over time it's called savings tracker 
It's, it's really neat, but that's where we come up with these numbers on, on energy savings. Um, and then if you go to like phase two, what, what normally happens in, in phase one is we, we identify some opportunities. And phase two is where we actually implement those opportunities for cost savings. There are probably a, a few projects. You mentioned you're working on LED lighting, so we wouldn't be dealing with that. But we're looking at the whole building performance. Uh, phase three is where we're actually looking at everything with you. That's, that's the lighting, that's the water usage, HVAC, compressed air. You don't have compressed air. You probably have natural gas for heating like you do over at Orangeburg. But we're really looking at all of that to see where where can we help you guys, and then you know phase four, we meet with you once a quarter and and say this is where the opportunities are this for the next quarter to save. Right. So it, it's a really a partnership that we're looking for on these larger facilities. It, it doesn't make sense for Orangeburg, <laughs> but on the larger building where you have thousands of dollars and a lot of risk. That's where this makes sense. Right. So. Okay. Well, and of course, you know, this is our largest site here, um, and I don't have all the numbers committed to memory. Uh, of course, you know, we're building a brand new site in uh, Manning, mm -hmm. uh, but it's going to incorporate two other existing sites. They'll all be connected. So I don't know what to tell you. So you already have a facility there right now. So well, we have two. Okay. We have a, a Manning. We have an adult. Uh, office and then we have a pediatric office okay and then we're building a new um, kind of um, central housing unit there in the center so but we'll still have the two sites and they'll all be connected so uh, I'd have to get I'll have to get the numbers for you I don't know the exact square total square footage on that well, the reason that's why probably going to be our next okay. largest location. I just wanted to put this back up. There. Are there any facilities that you know of that are outside this footprint? Mm -hmm. Okay, there's uh, our, our offices that are in construction right now are Savannah and Asheville, but no, all of ours are right in. Okay, right in here. gotcha. All in this area. Well, no, I say that uh, we do have one small site over in Aiken. <laughs> okay, so uh, that would be serviced by the Augusta branch, right? Yeah, uh, it's it's a it's a real small office, but yeah, we, we do have one there. <laughs> so, uh, when you mentioned Manning, uh, what makes you think that would be the next best candidate for this assessment? Is that because it's under well, construction? Well, I, I don't know as far as this. I, I was just going on square footage size. Oh, right, next yeah, largest. Yeah. I see. Yeah, right. Um, gotcha. Far as the next one to. For an assessment, uh, I would love to look at Hemingway. What's going on there? Well, it's just it's just an older, older building. For, it's just an older yeah. facility. Uh, it just needs to, to me that would be a prime candidate for uh, what was it? Energy waste. <laughs> right? Is, was that the term you used yes, in there? Yes, sir. It sure is. It uh, sure is. Because I, I have actually been on the roof over there and the units are just, I mean, it's just, it just, it's an old building. And I can't imagine we couldn't gain some energy it, it, waste it, it, reductions. Is that an adult site or a yeah. pediatrics? Or no, is it? it's an adult, yeah. Okay, I want to show you one thing here that I, I, I want to, I really want to do this for your Manning, or your uh, Hemingway site. I didn't print it out because it's, it's not related to your building, but let me just share this with you here. 
So this is what we call a risk assessment. Let me blow it up just a minute. It's a lot of numbers, but I'm not going to go over it all. Okay, so this is what we did for District 5. We picked one of their schools. This is Lake Murray Elementary, okay? okay. And from a 30,000 foot, let me back up here. From 30,000 foot, each one of these rows is a piece of equipment. And I, I red, yellow, and greened them, okay, based on a grading scale. Um, you can see there's some A's, B's, and C's. This is a, A's, B's, and C's. Right. Okay. Um, the reason why this is important is because when you have a mixed bag of 20-year-old units, 10-year-old units, 5-year-old units, 2-year-old, it's such a blur to the people in the office to really know what they have. So we do what we call a risk assessment, and that, that's exactly what this is. We're able to show the school district what their risk is. and. Basically, if something, this is 25 years old, all, all these are 25 year old, that they were built or installed in 1998. Well, why is that important? Well, it's important because if the compressor goes out on this and it's $7,000 for a, repa a, a compressor, we don't need to replace the compressor, we need to replace the unit. <laughs> right, right. It makes more sense. If it's $7,000 and the, the whole unit's $10,000, just replace the unit, right? That's where this all comes in. Also, what we're doing is I made a column for every year, basically for 15 years. Right now, all of these should really be replaced because they're red. But as we go on down to the yellow section, one second, at the green section, you can see here that out about seven years or so, that's when we start replacing these pieces of equipment. And then these are A's and brand new, don't need to be replaced for a while. So the, the CFO can sit there and say, okay, well, I know I need to have $3,500 in 2035. I probably need to, ha need to have 637,000 around 2032 right. because that, all this equipment is probably gonna to need to be replaced. Now, this is before we started working with them. So the reason why we show them this is because we're, what we're trying to do is we're trying to push pause on that replacement piece by maintaining them the way that they're supposed to be maintained. Right. But it, it's just a valuable tool that I like, and I, I really had a pivotal part in making this because it's such a, how do you know what you got, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. That, that. that took some work there. But red, yellow, and green them and say, okay, well, we got a, about a third of them are red, a, a third of them are, are yellow, and a third of them are green, and 2% of them are A's. So the risk categories, um, that's just a compilation of different glad, scoring, glad like age, and all that? I got it right here. Um, we have a little grading scale that we use. Bear with me one second. So if it's an A, it's brand new, typically still under warranty. If it's B, between five and 10 years, it's very good. Almost going, it's probably out of warranty. A C, you're starting to get rust, starting to you know, wear and tear between 10 and 15 years. Uh, D, significant wear, rust issues. F, it's not running. Okay. <laughs> and we've seen some of those that 
you walk up to and it's just barely hanging on. You know, it, it, it's not really, it, it, it's putting out 60% cooling that, that it should put out. Okay. So it, okay. it's good to have a little scale and know where they lie. And you could have a new I piece like of that. equipment that's a D. You know, sure you can. Because it broke. Right. Because it, right. <laughs> Compressor's right. out or whatever. Sometimes that's just... <laughs> right. I mean, that's just... But it's a science. Well, this it. all came with our franchise. This is that mm-hmm. recipe I mentioned. If you get a Chick-fil-A, it comes yeah. with recipes and, that's right. that's and, right. and ingredients so you don't have to come up with how to cook it. Yeah. This is what we come... This is how it comes. And uh, it, it's neat because we could have a discussion. A educated discussion about the future so once a year we'll get together with the schools for example and go over this updated risk assessment and say okay let's move these down red or we took care of all the red now let's work on the yellow you know and and just have an educated discussion about what makes sense well and I'm not just not just trying to uh, stroke your ego mad or anything but but this is exactly this is exactly what we're looking for especially what you were talking about planning for uh 2032 20 that capital budgeting on, on out for years knowing that in, in you know in the next five we're looking at this in the next 10 we're looking at this but your role is so that's you and gary are very strategic roles you're thinking right. 10 years out you know, we we want to be prepared for. Uh, okay, well, you know, I mean, nothing's. I mean, you can't know the future, of course, but it gives you an idea of. You know, we need to be looking at. You know, X amount on this, or you know, whatever. sure. I, I like that. So, um, well. Okay. Um, well, I know I asked for an hour. We're getting close to the hour, but. Uh, I appreciate your time. Okay. Yeah, I got to head down to, to the Lake City site. Um, so what are next oh, steps That's awesome. Um, well, my next steps will be um, to present this to Gary and, uh, you know, to... Um, he's more of an architect more. thinker, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. He, he, he's a, he is an architect, and he thinks like that. But, uh, you know, of course, you know, I got to... Follow the chain of command. Oh yeah, so sure. Speak. So, I'd love to meet him sometime. Maybe we grab lunch or something. Yeah. Okay. That'd, that'd be great. That'd be, that'd be um, ideal. You know, but especially you know that we don't have some of these services in places like Orangeburg and just kind of just you hanging know, on, just hanging <laughs> on, sitting there. You know, <laughs> hey, we're, we're waiting on that phone call, so to speak. Waiting on that phone call. So I'll, I'll just put this on the. Um, you know, we actually have a meeting tomorrow. Uh, okay. Facil- facilities meeting. Just, right. And, and just, I'll just talk, touch base with, with him and, and the other ones that are in those meetings. and Because um, this is on our on, on our radar screen. And I know you mentioned that you have, um, how'd you say it, when you build a house, you, you got the foundation, then you got the asphalt, then you got the driveway. Then you, you know, got, everybody, you can't get everybody showing up at the same time, you know, so it just doesn't work that way, or, you know, you, know, you can, but... Well, I hope you realize that my intention is a long-term partnership. It, 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 well, it's I, more of a long-term than a, hey, I just want Orangeburg and, and sign up today and I'll be gone. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, not, I, I can certainly tell that, and, and, and that's what we're interested in, too. Um, 
No, no, come, on come, through. come <laughs> on through. Come on through. This was just a random, let's, let's make it work. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but yeah, what I'll do, things on my end, you know, um, HVAC is, and stuff has it's been on there, but it's just other things have taken priority here. Did you get your generators? I appreciate you saying that to me. I have not yet. Okay. Um, I've received one quote. I've got, I've got two guys that have said they were going to give me one. And then I've got to touch base with I, I want to be sure I mention that to you. I appreciate you sending that yeah. to me because I my need pleasure. to get another one. I, I, I mentioned I was riding down my neighborhood this morning, and a neighbor of mine has got a big old house. Um, he he recently installed like a, ten, a 10 kW generator for his house, and um, I, I thought, you know, I want to ask him who who he got because uh, he he just did it about six months ago. Or less. Okay, okay. That might give you a third person. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, but I wanted to see if you had already figured figured out who that is or not. But no, no. Actually, I've only received one from uh, um, uh, Nixon Power Services. Um, gotcha. National Power hadn't, hadn't sent me theirs yet. So, uh, well, the, <clears throat> you know, with Orangeburg, while I pack this up, uh, with Orangeburg, there, there were some pretty pretty urgent needs over there from what I saw in the, in, in the photographic study I showed you. Uh, and I don't know what your timeline is, but we probably should get the, that RFP process started sooner than later on that building. But I don't know what your thoughts are. I, I, the way those, those filters were so caked, I know it's affecting airflow and I don't want the summertime well, to happen. And what I would like to do, and, and really uh, I was gonna touch on this, Matt was what I'd like to do is, is let's focus on Orangeburg right now sure and go through the process with it instead of biting off too many too much I agree and we can't chew it all no, at one time that's what I that's what we uh, first talked about yeah sure. uh, you know because projects can get overwhelming if you try to put too much into them at one time so uh, you know in, in Orangeburg it just has a lot of attention on it right now, so I think that would be a good one. It's know. got a pharmacy too. So well, it's, with, it's, with the new pharmacy, right? That, that brings the attention. Uh, I see. Uh, you that's know, probably a money maker there too. Well, it, <laughs> to be honest with you, that, that that's a driver right now because uh, they are money makers. Well, let's use that because as our. We've got one here, and then we've got one at our newer site over on Pine Needles Road. But uh, you talked a lot so, about Pine Needles too. Yeah, now that, that site's only a little over a year old. So. Well, how can I help you with Orangeburg? What What do you need from me for helping you get that going? If, if you want to start with that as a first step. Well, uh, I mean, you've given me a lot of good information here. I, I would, if you could forward me your slides on that. Sure. Um, that I think that would help me. Do you know on the RFP how long you leave it out on the street for? Like, do you do you invite people or do you publicly post? Well, how does that work? They, you know, I asked that question. Um, they've done it different ways. Okay. Um, to me, um, you know, we have trouble if we just if we don't post it. If we just call people, and, and that's what we're running into now. You know, because most of the time, you know, what we've been doing is just. Hey, we're looking for quotes on this. You know, we've contacted these different folks. And I, I guess because we've traditionally uh, 
are comfortable with them or have dealt with them. Sure. Uh, but to me, it's uh, now not saying we will do that. I mean, that will be up to the procurement folks how they want to proceed forward with it. Okay. Uh, and, and so what I'll do tomorrow at our meeting is bring it up, and then we'll go to procurement see if they want to if they want to advertise it like on Skibo or whatever, or if we want to. Sure. If we okay, we've talked to Clean Comfort. Do we want to just uh, talk to some other? Get three quotes and go from there. Right. Uh, we can really do it either way. Okay. Um, and do you have any idea at this point as far as if all the stars align as, far, as a timeline? Like, are you looking for a June start? Are you looking for a April first start? And, and just uh, so you know, but well, we always start everything on the first of the month for billing purposes. We don't sure, start oh, sure, you know, randomly sure. on the fifteenth or something. You know, it's it's the first. So we like I'm working right now for folks. For March start for March first start date, but we're already past that for here. But I'm thinking if you needed a you know a two week bid process, we well, might be looking at April or. Well, we normally go with thirty days. Thirty days, okay. Yeah, we no normally go with thirty days. So uh, I mean, we're, ba we're we're basically at March now. So um, if we get bids for thirty days, um, you know that's going to put us first to April. So. In all reality, it's probably going to be June would be the earliest. Okay. By the time we get those in, and then we go through the internal process of selection. Sure. Right. You know, I, I like to I like to allow enough time because oh, yeah. if you don't, then it's we'll do it right. Yeah. Uh, so, reality probably first of June. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I'll um, I'll get back to the office later today or tomorrow and send you this stuff. Okay. Uh, okay. So you have it that you could forward to Buck and he can look at that. May, or I mean, forward to uh, Gary. To Gary, yeah. Or, well, or or, or or however you want to do it, but I'll send it to you and you can do it. Do with it whatever you want. Okay. If that okay. works. Well, I, and certainly that'll just be internal stuff. Right. You know? I mean. Thank I, you. I mean, rest assured, it won't go anywhere. <laughs> Uh, you know, I trust you. <laughs> well, I hope you do. You I know my friend do. Sarah Bryant Rogers. So I, I, that's right. That's right. <laughs> no, well, I mean, you know, I've it's uh, good stuff. I've been, uh, you know, trust with a lot of confidential stuff. Uh, I do actually the treasurer at the church, so I see all the uh, financial dealings with everybody. So uh, <laughs> you know, so, trusted with that. <laughs> so uh, I'm not worried about it one bit. Oh, you know, it's one of those things I can. Sorry. No, I'm just going to open this up. All I'm going to do is my best. And... Well, you know, trust in God, the rest will work itself out, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed with your, your work. And, uh, oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Me too. You know, he charged me to come and be able to sit along with him. <laughs> <laughs> he started a couple months after me. I just, I, this is his territory, and I know we work in the Columbia area, and he's like, hey, come on over. So, okay, it worked out nice. What you got planned this weekend? You gonna be around? Oh, uh, no, I'll just be around the house. Maybe start in the office and kind of go from there.